Welcome to Comfort and Growth, the podcast for people who are passionate about personal growth and productivity. And today we have our favorite guest. I have to say my favorite guest, right? Because it's my husband. Right now. If I wasn't your husband, I wouldn't be your favorite guest. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we have Dr. Greg <laughs> with us today, and we're going to be covering. You're actually going to start like this. Yes, I am. Why? Are you being judgy? No, this is a bit weird. Why is it weird? Okay. I'm a weird person. Deal with it. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most popular requests from our AMA, which is how to make exciting, interesting, and sparkling conversation. As you know, it's that time of the year where there's lots of social events and you know people are getting a bit anxious from all the messages I'm receiving about having to go to these work-related events and have to make small talk, social conversation with senior stakeholders and their colleagues and that sort of stuff. So Greg, do you ever feel anxious when you are in those situations or do you have clients who are uh, experiencing social anxiety? Well, luckily enough, I don't have that problem. I have many other problems (laughs) for other episodes. Um, but of course, a lot of my clients have social anxiety. They're worrying about what others think of them, uh, if they would say something stupid, uh, if they're going to be judged for what they're sharing. Uh, and oftentimes that can lead to them not saying anything in the first place or avoiding the networking or simply holding back. Yeah. And uh, what advice would you generally give for those people even before we go into the specific tips? Uh, well, really good to remember is that most people are thinking about themselves a lot more than they are probably thinking about you in that instance. So no one is thinking about you? That, that That's encouraging advice, huh? Well, it liberates you <laughs> from being so self-conscious that they're constantly analyzing whether, you know, your your smile is appropriate, your story is exciting. That's that true. They're much more worried about how they're actually coming across. So in, in essence, everybody is worried about how they are coming mm-hmm. across. What that means that liberates you from being so fixated on coming across in a particular way. So what we're going to do today is cover some specific tips and techniques. And honestly, this is such a big topic that, um, you know, we honestly could and do teach like two day workshops just on how to show up and find your voice and be more confident. But we're going to try to distill some practical principles for you. I think there are many, many different ways of being interesting, though, Greg. Can I can I share a story about? You like oversharing. I so love I'm oversharing. Not stop you. So once we were hired to do an event for like a very big accounting firm, and there were many, many big global people, stakeholders in the room, and from the back of the room, I could see that Greg was talking to the big cheese. He was the big stakeholder that everyone was, you know, bowing and scraping to. But I noticed that from Greg's body language, he was behaving in a very informal way. He was like, ha, 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 ha. And he was like slapping this guy on the shoulder. I don't even think that Greg knew who this guy was, right? And for me, I'm an investment banker by training. So I would have like researched everyone. I would have gone to their LinkedIn profile before the event. I would have seen what they looked like. So I understood who's there so anyway i uh decide to rush over and see what greg is talking about so greg uh can you share with us what you were talking about no <laughs> yes be cooperative greg yeah so so there's this there's this senior guy and he was saying to greg hey you know i heard that you're a psychologist you must be good at making people cry are you going to make people cry today at the event so greg was like well, making people cry is the easy part. The 
more challenging part is for uh, me to help them stop crying. <laughs> no, Greg, that's not what you said. You said, yeah, yeah, of course I'm going to make them cry, but you're going to pay extra for me to make them stop. That oh, yeah. is actually oh, yeah, yeah. what you said, Greg. And I was like, oh my God, what is Greg saying? And then after that, um, but you know, the senior stakeholder actually really enjoyed the conversation. You know, Greg was very funny. Then after that, he, he, he walked away and I said, Greg, you know who that was? And Greg says, yeah, of course. He was a DJ. <laughs> He's the MC. He said he's the MC. And he said, Greg, he's not the freaking MC. He's the guy who's the big cheese in on this entire of this entire organization. And Greg was like, oh, oh, okay. But I think why I'm telling this anecdote is because we have very different styles. Yes. You genuinely um, are curious about people. Mm -hmm. You are quite playful and you don't get intimidated by whoever it is. Actually. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether they're super senior or more junior in the company. They're all human beings. They have all <laughs> kinds of issues and anxieties and I just relate to them as, as fellow human beings. You know why? I think it's because you see all these powerful people all the time end up in our office on the sofa crying about their mother and father with you and that's why you're just like, oh, it's just another human. Like, that nothing phases you. Yeah, yeah, I know they have all kinds of flaws and anxieties and are probably preoccupied how I perceive them that I'm like, okay, I can just be myself with them. Yeah, so being yourself yeah, don't is don't overanalyze, have fun. Your superpower. I guess so. <laughs> I would say that you're consistently yourself, whereas my style tends to be a little more flexible. Could I say that that you know when I'm talking to somebody, I'm always trying to change myself or you know, I'm somebody who's very um Who's, who's quite interested in like mimicked, mimicking oh, other people, yes. right? You know, I code switch. I mimic people's accents. I love to play with sounds. So like so it's something that is just naturally part of me where I want to meet people where they are and I want to kind of dance with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anyway, let's get back to the story, which is talking to people and making interesting conversations. So let's get back to first principles. When we are trying to make, you know, interesting, persuasive conversation. Uh, Aristotle said there's basically three sort of persuasive appeals, right? Logos, ethos, and pathos. And what this means is the number one, logos, means that when you're talking to someone, you're constantly judging, like, do they make sense? Are they clear? Is their message logical? Or do they make absolutely no sense and they're hard to follow? So that's logos, which is logic. The second one is ethos, which is, do I buy that person? As in, do I think that person is credible? Do I think that this person is someone who knows what they're doing or, you know, is somebody worth listening to? And ethos, credibility, um, can come about by speaking in a way which references, you know, your accomplishments or your experiences or, you know, referencing certain anecdotes that makes you look like somebody who knows what they're doing. Yes. So, for example, uh, during the conversation, telling a story like, oh, you know, out of all my clients, I find one common problem they experience is dot, dot, dot. So even it doesn't have to be like, I am Crystal and I have 10 years of experience in doing this. But if you say things like, you know, generally how, uh, you know, when my clients come to me, how I help them with stuff like this is ABC. It kind of subtly gives that, you know, message that I know what I'm doing and I've encountered lots of these situations, have lots of stories to tell. Yeah, yeah and then the third um, persuasive appeal is pathos and this you're very good at Greg. Yeah, this is about creating an emotional connection through your story from person to person that makes 
you memorable, memorable, <laughs> memorable, <laughs> memorable, memorable, memorable. <laughs> uh, creating an emotional connection through your story, through your sharing that makes you memorable to the mm -hmm. person, because otherwise it's just a story that goes in and out and doesn't have any uh, stickiness to them. Okay. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of it. How do we actually generate this connection on these three levels? Okay, firstly, I'm going to start off with logic or logos. Now, one way to improve the substance of your message is to actually use metaphors. And metaphors are very um, evocative imagery, unusual ways of describing things. So for example, if I'm talking to you, Greg, and you're telling me about some new software that you just bought uh, half price, I might say, wow, it's like you got a Ferrari for the price of a Toyota. Or, or, or if somebody's telling me that they had a very, very busy week, I might say, wow, it sounds like you were air traffic controller this week, right? Or I might use metaphors like, you know, this week, I just felt like I was like a plastic bag, you know, being tossed here and there by, by, by the wind, you know? Plastic bag. A plastic bag, yeah. So, but I normally find that by using these sort of like imagery or metaphors, it makes people like remember what I'm saying and because they are very visual it tends to stick in people's minds. Yeah, I can't get rid of the image you as a plastic bag. <laughs> Have you ever felt like a plastic bag? <laughs> Floating in the wind. <laughs> hey, they charge for plastic bags now, you know that. Tip number two, read, read and read. I find that a lot of times people don't know what to say because they tend to be very narrow in their interests. Now, Greg, you're somebody who reads a lot. The last thing you do before you go to sleep is read the Spiegel, the newspaper, or New York Times. Yeah, it, it just being curious in general. So I might read about, you know, space travel. I might read about how to decarbonize the ocean or, you know, what, what the latest politicians are up to. Uh, and it gives me reference points that I can potentially weave into any other conversation. Yeah, like I don't read the news as much as you do because I find that the news stresses me out. But I have a ton of different people I follow who are experts on different topics, whether it's career, whether it's like social media, whether it's like, I don't know, whether it's fashion, whether it's science. And I subscribe to a ton of newsletters as well to keep myself current. So reading is super important because when you're interested, you are interesting. So by being interested in many different topics, it naturally means that wherever the conversation flows, you have something to say, you have an opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And don't be scared of an opinion. I think sometimes, a lot of times, Singaporeans, uh, we tend to grow up in this culture where we don't tend to debate a lot. So uh, sometimes we're not used to um, giving opinions. But start off with you know, having an opinion with your friends, your family members, before you start practicing having a controversial opinion with a senior stakeholder. That might not be a great place to start practicing, but definitely start small with your friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the next one is to ask interesting and evocative questions. So uh, normally I like to ask questions that are interesting for the other person to answer. For example, what's one secret passion project that you're working on at the moment, if you can share? Or Greg, what's a, what's a question you like to ask? 
but really any kind of question that gets them to reflect and share and go deeper in whatever they started talking about. So if they're talking about the job that they're doing, ask them what do they enjoy most about their job. Or if they just moved to Singapore, for instance, ask them what has been the biggest challenge so far, what are they enjoying most about being Singapore, where are they from, and how was that transition? So just helping them go deeper in their sharing. Yeah, so I also noticed that one thing everyone likes to give for free is opinions and advice. Mm. So sometimes I'll ask somebody for very specific advice that's easy for them to give. Like, oh, you live around the uh, Newton Hawker Centre area. What's your favourite place to eat, for example? Or it could be, hey, you know, uh, you've been around this industry for 10 years. What do you wish you had known when you were starting out? So very specific uh, sort of questions, asking for advice, often helps the other person feel like you respect them, you value them, and it actually brings you closer to the other person. Yeah, or it allows you to perhaps combine certain topics. Let's say I'm particularly interested in AI. This is the latest thing I've been reading. I read some articles on whatever in the newspaper. And this person is, I know, is from a legal uh, workplace. Mm -hmm. I might then ask them, like, hey, how is AI moving into your job? And how is that challenging? And how is that exciting for you? Okay, um, let's move on to ethos, which is credibility. How do we actually amp up our credibility? So one way I like to do this is share specific stories of how I added value uh, over the past, you know, one week, one month. So it could be like if you're in client-facing role, oh, let me share with you. I had this really interesting client who had this problem and it was such an interesting problem. Let me share with you how we solved it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a story about you yourself if you feel self-conscious. It could be a story of like how your team helped solve some interesting problem. Or it could be some sort of... Um, uh, perspective that you have through working in the field that you are. For instance, you could say, well, working in cybersecurity, I find the number one mistake that people make with their passwords is dot, dot, dot. So again, sharing these sort of like insider tips, uh, you know, really is interesting for other people when their brains hear like insider tips, what I have learned from 10 years on the job, like what the secret tricks of a psychologist uh, are, you know, it's almost like you're kind of like creating for them a mental TikTok and they're going to get like hooked into this experience. Let's move on to pathos, which is, I feel, the part where people really struggle in Asian context. Mm -hmm. Pathos is emotional connection. How do you make conversation that makes people feel that they resonate with you? And a lot of times, this is not about the words that you say, right, Greg? Mm -hmm. It's about, like, actually your energy, your tone of voice, your body language, um, and you might think that energy is kind of like a hippie, woo-woo thing to talk about. But, you know, every single time I've talked to a senior stakeholder, pitch them something, talk to them about something, one thing they always comment on is, Crystal, I love your energy. I love the vibe that you and Greg have. I love the passion that comes through. So energy is something that is a rare commodity. And how do you make your energy come through in your voice? Can you see I'm making my voice sound excited and interested through stressing certain words and you know changing the tone of my voice? 
as opposed to speaking in a monotone where everyone will just fall asleep. Yeah, of course, it means being animated in your body movements using gestures, mm -hmm. leaning in, smiling, opening your eyes as you're listening to others, nodding if they're sharing something. All that signals to the other person that you're excited, excitable, curious, really involved in the conversation. You know, when I was doing equity sales on the trading floor, I always remember that um, I had a colleague and he used to smile all the time when he was talking to clients and I thought it looked absolutely ridiculous. And then I noticed that when he smiled when he was talking, you can hear the smile. Like, can you hear? I'm smiling when I'm talking to you and, and even though you some of you may not be able to see me, you can actually hear the smile in my voice. Yeah, and smile and people's energy is contagious. So if yes. somebody smiles, I'm likely to smile back. If somebody has positive, upbeat energy, it's going to impact me and also bring my energy up. Great. You're also very good at one thing, which is making sounds. <laughs> mm, right? Like and, what? <laughs> okay, this is a family friend. You, you may overshare. <laughs> okay, so um, let me overshare a story. When we were stuck in quarantine during COVID in a hotel room. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. We had 21 days in the same hotel room. And Greg was um, doing therapy in the toilet. Okay. Uh, because he had... Converted the toilet into my little office in the office. Yeah. He put a chopping board over the, the sink in the toilet. And he put his laptop there. And uh, he would have all his therapy sessions on Zoom in this toilet. And uh, because I was so close to him, I could hear over here sometimes like, you know, certain things going on in the toilet. And I noticed that this guy, every time I walked past the toilet, he didn't seem to be saying words. He seemed to be making sounds like, hmm, <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> doesn't quite sound like that, but little indicators, verbal, like, um, I was like, Greg, people, they use this money to go and hear these sounds. And I always felt like for me, when my coaching clients come to me, I have to say all these amazing, witty, profound things. And then, you know, it makes them feel like they got their money's worth. But I learned from Greg that actually a lot of people just want to feel listened to. They want to feel that resonance between you and them. Mm -hmm. And actually what helps them feel that resonance is sometimes not words but those sounds that you make absolutely please demonstrate right mm, okay yes tell me more all these put the ball back into the other purple purple's court <laughs> person's court <laughs> greg you are also somebody who is very sincere i feel like sometimes people may say these things and like they're just going through the motions but like actually you how do you listen to so many people every day and be genuinely curious and like sincere. Well, I think it all really begins with the intention mm -hmm. of wanting to understand them, wanting to really get a sense of who they are and what they're going through and, and how whatever is going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I think you're just a nicer person than me. <laughs> Did you know this was a competition? <laughs> okay, one last thing I want to talk about is talking about highest principles. And this combines ethos with pathos. It combines, you know, your own reputation along with making emotional connection. And how this works is by thinking of three values that you really would love people to associate with you. So for example, integrity, um, 
maybe it's hardworking, maybe it's passionate, and and it's if you have these three values words, it's about constantly referencing to them. So you might say in conversation like. As someone who's very passionate about integrity, I believe that you know our stance on AI should be dot dot dot. So, or you could say, well, you know, I'm somebody who really cares about、uh, matters of integrity, which is why you know I find your take on this so interesting. But what you're doing is constantly kind of referencing as someone who is insert those values, and you're kind of like branding yourself a certain way. Uh, for example, I have a, a friend who's constantly talking about women and empowering other women, and she wants to be thought of as a powerful woman. And she constantly shares on LinkedIn stories about powerful women, empowerment, and she kind of like subtly in her in in my mind at least has branded herself very effectively as somebody who's associated with empowerment. You know, sometimes people say reputation is what people say about you when you've left the room. So, Greg, when you are not in the room, what do you hope people describe you as? If you had to pick, like, a few words. Well, other than amazing, of <laughs> course,、um, I think people think I'm I'm a really good listener,、mm-hmm. um, that I have a lot of empathy. Yeah.、Um, easy to connect with. Yeah. So I think spend some time thinking about what kind of conversationalist you'd like to be known as, because everyone has different styles. For me, I'm、uh, provocative. I am funny. I'm insightful. I think at least, and that's the kind、humble. of I'm very humble. <laughs> And you know that's the kind of like you know conversation that I hope to be able to to have with people. But you know it's also about taking these tips that we've shared with you and using them to augment your own natural style. You may not apply all of them. You might just take one or two. But I think it's also really important to find that intersection of what、uh, you know advice other people give you and what is your own style and your own authenticity. Absolutely, and don't let any fear get in the way. Okay, so with that in mind, I hope that you've learned some helpful tips about、uh, convincing other people that you are an influential, exciting, sparkling con- conversationalist. Everything from using metaphors and colorful language and amping up your energy, smiling when you see people, reading more,、uh, you know, talking about、uh, client anecdotes or things or problems that you've helped solve. All this good stuff. Remember to take some of it, one or two principles, and apply it in your life. Good luck with it, and let us know how it goes. Yeah, have fun. See you next time. Bye. Bye.